This is Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. Your best insight into Utah Jazz basketball and the NBA in Utah. For the next two hours, it's nothing but NBA conversation from the local front to around the association. Now let's get things rolling with Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome everybody into the Salt City Hoops show on ESPN 700. I'm Andy Larson, managing editor of SaltCityHoops.com, the ESPN True Hoop affiliate for the Utah Jazz, also the Utah Jazz beat writer for KSL.com. Zach Harper joins me today on the show. Co-host of the show is his major title. Minor jobs include CBS Sports... Uh, yeah, that, NBA writer. That's just a hobby. But that's, this is this is the main gig. This is the main gig. Right. You may have heard us on the radio today. We were uh, subbing for the Bill Riley show from 11 to 2 p.m. So we're going to be doing five hours of radio today. Yeah. It's possible that hours four and five get very goofy. Sure. I mean, you know, one through three were a little goofy as well. <laughs> I did a, I in between our radio stints, I did uh-huh. a... A solo podcast, so it's oh, just wow. just me talking for thirty five minutes to yourself, to myself, <laughs> answering <laughs> answering Twitter questions. Um, so it's a lot of me talking today. We might need more of your guys' Twitter questions out there, sure, too, to just get through. Uh, <laughs> the weirder, the better. Actually, the weirder, that may be a bad prompt. The medium weird is medium. Yeah, weird let's okay? go like a medium level of weird. You can always tweet us at Andy B. Larson or at Talk Hoops if you guys want to ask us questions. We've got a couple from you guys earlier from uh, when we were doing the show before that we want to catch up with. Uh, we want to talk about the Utah Jazz. We had some great guests all the way also earlier on in the show, or I guess earlier on in the day. So we had Sam Vesany on from CBS Sports. He's kind of their draft guru. We had him on talking about the draft. Uh, we had Miles Killebrew, NFL player uh, from Southern Utah and now the Detroit Lions. Uh, we had Marcus Thompson on. We're going to be playing that interview later on in the show. We've also got uh, Scott Sergeant Sergeant on. Yeah. Thank you. Later on in the show to t- to preview the NBA Finals for us. So we'll kind of pair those interviews yeah, we've together. Got Cleveland side. We've got Golden State side. Exactly. Perfect. We, we've we've got it covered. Yeah. Uh, we've got so many around the NBA news and notes today. Uh, just because it's been two and a half weeks, I think, since our it's been last a while. Show. Yeah. Just because I mean. Actual basketball has been happening, and I know you guys would rather listen to like Hubie Brown talk about right basketball yeah. that's happening in front of him rather than us talk about basketball like that I, happened two days ago. I think they like us talking about basketball, but if it's like us versus Kevin Calabro and and Hubie Brown, right, that's kind of a no brainer. I don't I don't blame the people for no. or really the ESPN 700 executives right for choosing. <laughs> uh, the do NBA we stream finals the finals or put or, on this show? Right. I mean, yeah. Next year, we'll see what happens. Right. <laughs> I mean, we may be the 2016 broadcasters of the year. You never know. Anything is possible. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Kevin Durant or Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett, not Kevin Durant. No. I want to. I want to see Kevin Durant scream. Anything is possible now, though. Sure. I, that would be a great moment. In, yeah. I mean, he won a title, right? Or him just doing something improbable. Sure. <laughs> like, what? Well, what could he do at this point that's improbable? If he scored like 70. Okay. I would like to see him just go for have a game where he tries to score every time he touches the ball. What do you think? Forget this team ball stuff. What do you think? Like he his game high will be once his career is all said and done. Sixty seven. That's so many points. That's a lot of points. How about Steph? Uh, sixty two. Less. Yeah. Okay. Because he's uh, he he he's more the initiator than the yeah than the end game. I think. 
Yeah, and that team is honestly just his team is a little bit better. Like right, because even on a night where he has like forty five, like Clay could get hot for a quarter and drop twenty right. just in that quarter. That takes away a lot of shots. Although KD having Westbrook with him, maybe that's less long term. Takes Ooh. away shots from him. So I, maybe maybe when Kevin Durant goes to the Boston Celtics this summer. Who? How about that? That's gonna happen. I mean, I don't believe that's gonna happen. No. But we talked about that earlier, and. Uh, I guess hours one through three hours. <laughs> yeah. About Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's going to stay in Oklahoma city. Both of us think that because he's going to make a hundred million dollars more if he signs next year rather than this year. And so that's a pretty big incentive. Even if he doesn't care about money, like hundred million dollars is hard to turn down. That, I mean, just why would you do it? Why would you turn down a hundred? Like I get the whole, Oh, I want to be better for my team and want the salary cap and all that stuff. But I, I just think with the way things are going, you pay your star what you pay your star because it's still a bargain, right? Right. Like what LeBron gets is a bargain for what he does for the team. What Kevin Durant gets is a bargain, even when the cap goes up, even if he's getting $40 million a year, he's probably a guy that's like 60 to $75 million a year on an yeah. open market. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you, just, if you did like a one-shot bid kind of system, blind bidding system, yeah. you know, like they do for like – Pitchers coming from Japan, for example, right. they do that like one shot bid and bid whatever you think you can bid and outbid the other guys. Uh, yeah, he would make eighty million dollars. Yeah, easily. Maybe more because well, someone well, would think someone was bidding eighty million dollars and bid ninety ooh, million dollars. Who gets who gets the highest bid on the Jazz? Uh, moving forward, yeah, just in no max contract land, right? Just a blind bid. You have to try to make sure you get this guy. Probably Gordon Hayward, right? I'd say Rudy Gobert gets uh, Maybe the, Rudy Gobert. Yeah. I mean, the rim protection, the rebounding, he's young. The thing is, with Rudy, you need... I don't know that you can put him into any situation. Probably not, succeed. but I just think that... I think if you... With the, the emphasis on rebounding and shot blocking, or rim protection, not necessarily shot right. blocking, but rim protection... Uh, in a blind bidding system, you would make sure you get the guy who may be the best at it in the league. Yeah, no, I you make good points. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. With Obviously, you. he's not the best player at it. Like he's maybe the fourth best player, third best player. I just think, like, for example, do the Warriors make a bid there for Rudy Gobert? Probably not. Right. Because I don't know that he fits. Whereas well. with Gordon Hayward, he fits with what yeah. they were doing. He would fit with any team in the league. Sure. Uh, you know, I. But I, I mean, how many teams would? Would Rudy not fit on? Like six, seven? Teams already with the center, right? Because you can't play him next to anybody. Oh, you could play him. In, you could play him next to guys. They play him next to Derek Favors. Derek Favors is kind of a center, right? Yeah. I So I used to believe Derek Favors was a center, and yeah. then you just, his power forward numbers are so much better. Yeah. Oh, but, no, I'm not saying he's not a power forward. I'm just saying, like, he's he could be, you could easily reshuffle everything and he would be a center. He's not like LaMarcus Aldridge, right? right? Where he right, can't right. be a center. In some ways, like I honestly think Derek Favors is worse defensively than people think. Probably, uh, yeah. Just because he's not a good rim protection rim protector. Yeah. Okay, we've got a question actually. <laughs> All right. It, if Gordon Hayward was in that bit open mitting market, would he get more than a thirty million dollar max deal? Yes. Yeah. In I the new so. cap. Yeah, absolutely. New cap land. Yeah, new open cap bidding. land. Open bidding. I mean, we're he gets in, a in a cap in a capped land. We're going to give DeMar DeRozan $25 million. Fair. Gordon Hayward's way better than DeMar DeRozan. 
But if you can bid like $50 million on LeBron, are you going to save your Gordon Hayward money and give it all to a good player, right? I don't think you're getting, I don't think you're getting LeBron for 50 okay. I think LeBron's like a $100 million bid. Yeah, okay, bid. fair. Yeah. But, you know, is he is he one of the 10 players that would get a ton of money? Or um, I guess... No, because he's not one of the 10 best players in the league, right? right? And even if you factor in age, like, he's made, he like he's, could be a top 20 guy. I guess the question is, does having the cap setup that we have now open up the market for middle guys, middle-tier players like Gordon Hayward? I don't, and is Gordon Hayward a middle-tier player? I think he's I higher than that, okay. but he's not a top-tier, right? Like, he's right. upper management, but not management. <laughs> not the CEO, yeah. but, you know. Gordon Hayward is middle management. Very, right. Yeah, he could definitely be fits. upper middle management. I think he, that, could, that could work. Um, but yeah, like because you think, all right, 30 teams, is he a top 30 player in this league? I think so. Mm-hmm. And so of the 30 teams, like one of them is going to give 30 plus million to a guy to make sure they get one of the top 30 guys. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. Uh, and I think Gordon Hayward's a top 30 player, yeah, at least sure. in that realm. Yeah. I have a DM question mm. even from Yorgio Spanias. Uh, he's he's from Greece, which is kind of cool okay. that someone from Greece is listening to the show. Shout out to Vasilis Spanoulis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Trey Burke plus the 12th pick for a late first round pick plus a veteran wing high from Greece is the is the contact, content of that uh, DM. Okay. That's a, a lot actually like Spencer Wixom's idea earlier right. from today of the 12th pick for, Her- what was it, Wilson Chandler and the 19th pick? Right. Plus Trey Burke. I mean, Trey Burke has no trade value. He's just kind of a throw-in, right? right. Like, you have a roster body. And I don't know that teams do a late first round plus Wilson Chandler kind of guy. But maybe another veteran wing? I, I don't know who that player would be. I, I'm, try, I'm trying to think of, like... I guess Eric Gordon's a, a free agent. I was trying to think yeah. of like an Eric Gordon type of guy. Right. But if Eric Gordon was under contract for two more years at a reasonable contract, like 10 to $12 million, right? Yeah, I mean, the Celtics have a bunch of extra first-round picks that they could trade. They just don't have the veteran wing that they would want to give up, right? Right, they're not giving up Jay Crowder or Avery Bradley. Right, and Evan Turner is a free agent. Yeah, and James Young is not a veteran and not good. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, if you can find a fit there, cool. Yeah, Uh, if you can find that wing, I mean, maybe, like, are we talking, well, no, Courtney Lee's a free agent. Right. But it's someone in that realm, right? Uh, Trying to think, like. Thabo Cephalosha? Is that not? That's probably not high enough, right? Not high enough. Not in good terms enough of, of in terms player? of value. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'd consider it. I mean, it kind of depends if you think someone you like is going to fall to nineteen, right? Uh, or I mean, where do the Hawks draft? Probably twenty third. I'm yeah, guessing somewhere in that range. Yeah. Uh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's targeting a, analysis. Maybe that's a trade. Maybe it's not. Yeah, I I think it really depends on the player you get back. Tabo's probably too old and not good enough. True. Um, you'd want someone younger if you're going to be giving up a young asset in the 12th pick. Here's something. Let's say, uh, let's say Chandler Parsons picks up his player option for $17 million. Do you think he will? No, but let's say he does. Okay. Is that a move you make if you're Dallas and or if you're Utah? One season of Chandler Parsons? Yeah. Uh, I would do that. But would Dallas do it? 12, so 12 for, and what are they, 17th pick? Something like that? Oh, right, and I don't even know that they have their pick. 
we should we should check this. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in a vacuum, if they want to move, if the Jazz want to you, move, you're not worried about the risk Chandler of because you're probably not keeping Chandler Parsons. No, but uh, honestly, the Jazz need to get some salary quickly to even get to the salary floor. Right. And Chandler and, Parsons is a pretty awesome way to spend. And by that the way, money. Dallas has the 16th pick and doesn't have it because it goes to Boston. Oh, so so <laughs> if they could just beg Boston for that pick back, <laughs> yikes. Well, I'm glad our crazy trade ideas are implausible or sure. impossible. And what about Matt Barnes? I like Matt Barnes way more than any other Jazz fan does, because uh, yeah. he's good, right? Like, eh, I, I don't know about that. I, I don't. He's okay. I love his plus minus numbers. I think and I'm such a plus minus guy that like. I think if you're starting him, you're in trouble. Agreed, but the Jazz won't be starting him. That's true. <laughs> good point. Am I willing to like? He's just old. Is my problem with him? What yeah. is he? Thirty five now? Something like that. And he can't shoot. He's yeah. had like two good years of shooting. Yeah. I, I think he's a decent open corner three guy. Sure. Uh, it, it Definitely up and down. I don't think, again, he's too old for me to really move up or down for. I want right. someone who can be a, at least a, you know, if it's going to be Chandler Parsons and help right away in a big way, cool. Sure. But ultimately, if you're going to give up assets for like a 35-year-old Matt Barnes or 31-year-old Tabo Cephalosha, whose age I'm making up, but I, I think that's what it is, <laughs> Sure, it's around then uh, I, I think that's probably what, too much. What about bringing back Mas Fresco, CJ Miles? He's 32, by the way, Tabo Cephalosha. That was a good guess. I love CJ Miles. Yeah, he's Again, fun, right? He's, he's a good fun. shooter. I, I think it's a non-starter. Because okay. he's again, he's so streaky with the shot and sure. doesn't bring you anything else. What about a Marcus Morris type? Uh, I almost feel like he's redundant with Trey Lyles. Yeah, probably a better defender, but yeah, Lyles has only sure. been around for a year, right? So right. Why are you taking away Trey Lyles minutes to give Marcus Morris minutes, who's also kind of a crazy? Can you person. play him at the three a lot? Or Morris or Trey? Morris. I mean, you probably mm. you play him at the three more than you can play Trey, right? But that's I, I still not. don't like it. Yeah. I mean, if if your options are Marcus Morris or Chris Johnson, cool. Yeah. You know, Marcus Morris, awesome. Again, I don't know that I want to give up assets for it. Like Chandler Parsons, awesome. Sure. Even just a year. Even just a With year. With that knee injury. Yeah. Okay. Marcus Morris, I think, doesn't do an. You know, he's. I think he's better defensively than Trey Lyles. I don't know that he's a. Is he a positive defensively? Do you think? Yeah, yeah, he's okay. he's solid enough defensively uh, as a three, probably more as a four. He played, he I mean, he played good defense against the Cavs in the first round. Yeah, I mean, uh, in my mind, I just think that the Jazz need one twos and threes more than they need threes, fours, and fives. We talked about this um, in around the trade deadline, like uh, someone like a PJ Tucker. See, and I I think that makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, again, you're looking at age, uh, yeah. but someone but it, who is a legitimate defensive stopper can uh, hit a three. Can hit a three, would bring toughness and, and veteran leadership and that, those sort of things. Right. I think that makes a lot more sense as an addition. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, again, like character issues become a concern, though, right? Sure, he's he had the he had one DUI, right? It was a pretty bad DUI. It was not a good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was like all DUIs are bad, but this was a, this was not a. It was like not triple a the BAC level yeah. in in Arizona. And considering his size, you got to think that's that's a lot of alcohol. Right. So much. A uh, couple more suggestions. How about Will Barton? I don't think the Nuggets are going to give him up. For no, a, because he's on a steal of a contract. It's like $3 million a year or something like that. Really? And for a, a long time, too, right? Like for a couple of years, years, yeah. Uh, but that type of player. Yeah. I, I think a, a scoring guard. Yeah. 
like Trey Burke? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, Denver would Denver would never do it because they love him, right? And he and, and he is bargain. very good. Yeah, he's I mean really good. He was he, the best bench scorer in the league last year, something like that. Yeah. Uh, what about signing Courtney Lee as a fourth wing? King Sai asks. I mean, if you can get him, yeah. How much do you have to pay for Courtney Lee this year? It's a good question because he's probably gonna. I, well, I don't know that he's gonna definitely want to start, but he is starting caliber. Uh, you know, he's probably a fifteen to eighteen million dollar guy. I would say. <sighs> if Evan Turner's getting fifteen to eighteen million, yeah. Courtney Lee's better than him. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. And fits much better in fits your better, offense without shoot, ruining things. He can defend. Yeah. See, and, and that's where I come on this free agency class is like there are guys like Kent Bazemore and Evan Turner and Courtney Lee who are going to get so much money because they're the guys that you immediately think of when you think of like 3 and D kind of players, yeah. plug and play kind of players that every team is going to want. Uh, I think you can go down the list a little bit and get a lot better value. You know, like Randy Foy, for example, unrestricted free agent. Randy Foy is like six one. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, I don't know Gerald Henderson. I like Gerald Henderson. See, good defender. I'm not sure he's a three point shooter. I mean, he's never really been a three point shooter. He shot okay in Portland this year, about league average, I think. Um, but as a guy who can defend, rebound, attack the basket, like I like him a lot. See, and I I might rather sign Gerald Henderson than Courtney Lee. Because you've got an age difference of, I think it's four years. Okay. Uh, you're not... He's cheaper. He's cheaper. Yeah. You're probably getting better defense and worse shooting. Is that fair to say? Sure. Uh, and ultimately... Well, I don't, I don't know that you're getting better defense. I think it's about the same. Okay. Maybe more versatile because he's bigger. Okay. Yeah. I, I just... I, and, I, and again, the Jazz need to spend money, so maybe it, it doesn't matter and you should just splurge on the Courtney Lee. Jared Dudley? I love Jared Dudley. Yeah. If you can get him, I if he's in if he's in category one rather than category two, then maybe yeah. not. Like again, I don't want to spend twenty million dollars a year on Jared Dudley. Right. But I would spend ten, no problem. Maybe not four forty because then you have him long term. But again, he's, I don't know. he's he, older than people. think. Even then, at four forty, does that? Yeah, that doesn't kill you. That doesn't kill you, right? Like in the new cap, like that's that's that essentially becomes Alfred Camino money in this cap. Yeah, no, right? that's true. That's a great signing, by the way. It turned Canadian. out to be quite good. Uh, I just feel like there are less obvious options sometimes than yeah. people are mentioning. Uh, Alan Crabb. I like Alan Crabb, but he's restricted. And I think yeah, Portland okay. really likes him. Linkston Galloway, also restricted. I like him. He's short. Okay. He's like 6'2". So I don't know, you know, but I like him as a – if he was your backup too and can play a little point, I think it's good. Sporadic regularity suggested uh, Tyreek Evans and the New Orleans Pelicans 2017 draft pick for number 12. I think Quinn Snyder would kill Tyreek Evans. Probably. I don't. Like, he's not a... Even when he gets assists, he's not really a mover. Just as a value thing, I think that's good value, though. To it's just, good value, yeah. I, I don't just know from that, a talent standpoint and what you're giving up, it's good value. But I don't know that he fits. I, I think next year's New Orleans pick is probably worse than number 12. It's, I mean... A healthy Pelicans team? Maybe. Do they, do they make the playoffs next year? The Pellies? If they're healthy, sure. Well, I don't know. I Actually, I don't even know what their team's going to look like. Yeah. I mean, Ryan Anderson's not coming back. Probably not. Eric Gordon's probably not coming back. Probably not. So they got AD and... I mean, it's Drew, kind of the Drew same Holiday, problems. Drew Holiday, Holiday. Yeah, no, it's, it's a decent roster. It's, it's, yeah. Is it better than the Mavs or the Rockets or the Jazz or the... Whoever I don't, Grizzlies. I don't even know that's better than than the Timberwolves. Or the Timberwolves with right. Tom Thib- Tom Thibodeau as the coach, he can extract some wins. At, like I think yeah. it might be about even. Yeah, 
or a developing Nuggets roster. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The, the Nuggets could be really good next year. I just you know I I think that's like a maybe not even a, a bad a backwards pick move. Right. And you get a free Tyreek Evans. And maybe if you can flip Tyreek for someone that can help you, I don't know if you can. But but I think that's that's probably one of those moves too where you get a guy and then people strike out in free agency, right? Like they don't go and sign their guy. And so that becomes the trade chip is that, hey, you missed out in free agency. Well, what if I got you Tyreek Evans on a good contract? Yeah. You know, let's, that's not let's a bad make idea. something work. I, th- I mean, I really think they're – that's why I think – I think Toronto's going to end up giving DeRozan what he wants. I think Hassan Whiteside's going to get what he wants out of Miami because there's so little to get in free agency that – when a team strikes out, and if you decide like six months into next season, or six months, you know, six months from the signing, so like halfway through the season, you're like, "Hey, I actually don't know that we want to pay Demar Derozan this, or I don't know that we want to pay Hassan Whiteside this." You can move him at the deadline. Yeah, that's true. And and you essentially do just get all the cap room back. Denver and Nene sort of thing. Yeah, basically. Signed him and then signed him to an extension and then traded him right away. Ideally, you get a better package than Javale McGee plus. But you would think, uh, you know, it's kind of I like that move. Conceptually, I guess. Right. I wonder if. Um, well, actually, let me answer this question first. So, at King Sai at Jasmanian Devil, how ma- how much money and how many years would you spend on Eric Gordon if you were the Jazz? I w- I wouldn't give him more than two with a team option for a third. Uh, how much money? Uh, I don't think the money matters on a two-year deal. I'd okay. give him, yeah. you know, fifteen a year. I'd give him what he's getting now. Okay. I mean, he can shoot. Yeah, he. I mean, when That's, he's when he's healthy, he can play. Like he can really play, and he can shoot. Um, the problem is just you know, can he be healthy? But if, on a two year, like I really don't believe it's possible to have a bad two year deal. Okay. Because it's after you know, and it's it's an experimental first year, then the second year it's expiring. I know expirings aren't as movable as they used to be because everyone's gonna have cap room. But I still think that's not that doesn't really hurt you. I wonder if the draft is the time to make these sort of trades. I think they are. Uh, I think that's exactly the time. Because then you can then if you want to sell Tyreek Evans later to teams that struck out in free agency, right? You have more of an opportunity yep. to do so. Absolutely. Uh, Spreadic regularity also suggests Robert Covington for the number twelve. I love me pick. some Bobby Cubs for for number twelve. Yeah. How about Covington plus the? I mean, okay. So he suggested either Covington for twelve or Covington plus the twenty six pick for number twelve. Either one. What's fair? Like it's. I mean, probably Covington plus the plus a pick. And I think you, I think if you're the Jazz, you give up twelve and maybe a future pick, like you, a heavily like maybe that Warriors pick. Okay, ends up being like the kind of even it out thing. But I think Covington's really good. Hmm. I think he's going to be an excellent three and D guy. Cool. Yeah. Let's and co- and he's I'll call, young. Up, I'll call up the Colangelos right now. How good is he right now? Uh, I mean, he'd be in the rotation for sure. Okay. You know. Yeah. He'd be their third best wing. I read a joke that like if Doc Rivers knew who Robert Covington was. He would have traded for him instead of Austin Rivers. Probably. <laughs> but, probably would have. Right? Because you could probably extract Robert Covington for this sort of deal. Yeah. I mean, definitely in the Sam Hinkie world, I don't know about in Well, yeah. I mean, H- well, world. I don't know. Hinkie loved Covington. I don't know that the Clangels are as high on him. Hmm. Okay. So I think that it's actually more likely now. Okay. Makes sense. We're going to take a break. This was a good segment of like random jazz what ifs. All started with random bidding, like baseball. Right. And international pitchers. Like Daisuke Matsuzaka. Yeah. That's the only one I can think of. Who is the other one? It was uh, Hideki Arabu. Okay. Uh, the Yankees outfielder. I, I, anyway, uh, my... Hideki Matsui. Yes. Yeah. 
Yep, he's another one. That's All a memory. Right. Baseball players. Baseball <laughs> on the Salsity Hoop Show. <laughs> yes, this is the Salsity Hoop Show. All right, next we're going to be talking about the coaching market is closed. We'll kind of wrap that up a little bit. Justin Zanuck left the Jazz for the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll talk about that impact. That impact, congratulations to Justin there, and uh, maybe a little bit of talk about the Western Conference if we have time. We'll see. It's it's a crazy day for us here at the Salt City. A lot going on. That's next on ESPN 700. You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. You know, the ESPN 700 studios really are a gangster's paradise. I, uh, I, can't laugh, I can't help but laugh when I hear this song now because Coolio has antlers. What? Like his hair has become antlers. He doesn't have hair anymore. He has like a little bit of hair to do enough twists to where he has like two antlers. Well, that's not good. Or antennas maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Just like... He kind of looks like the... Like the giant version of the ant in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, that that kind of that's what he looks like. I'm sure that's what he told his hairstylist. Yeah, give me give me the give me the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids ant. <laughs> Remember Rick Moranis? <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. I got it. Uh, Clint Peterson says. By the way, just jumping back into Twitter real quick. I'd still take Mike Conley before any other free agency or trade on the Jazz. I believe he'd get a home first round immediately for the Jazz and beyond. 100% agree. Yeah. yeah. Mike Conley's the best player we named in last segment or this segment. Yeah, but. for sure. I just, I don't know how real, like we talked about that earlier today. Right. About, about how realistic it is. I don't think it's very realistic, but if you can even just get that meeting to try to convince him, uh, I think that's a huge win. Yeah. And I, I think you'd have a chance. I mean, where do you think he ends up, Mike Conley? I mean, I think it's tough because one, it depends on what he feels about David Fisdale, right? Right. Uh, the new, new Grizzlies coach. And, and two, it really depends on like how is that value for him like this jazz team with Mike Conley would be really good right mm-hmm. like maybe even a top 4 team in the west is that much different than a healthy grizzlies team no younger yeah does he have that kind of perspective More sustainable. though maybe. maybe i mean he's not. a smart guy but like i don't know like i don't know that you're looking to play with young guys if you're mike conley Right. Yeah. I think you're looking to play in more of a win now type of deal. So, so does that mean San Antonio for him? Yeah. You know? He, yeah, I mean, like San Antonio is a trump card, right? But then where they don't have cap space, San Antonio. No, like they have to wait like Manu and Tim and Tony in order to sign Mike Conley. Maybe. I mean, Tim might be re- retiring. Okay. Yeah, and so if the, Manu might be retiring. Yeah, if all those guys retire, and you'll give up Tony Parker to get Mike Conley. Yeah, no, that's, so, this is true. Yeah. It, you can you could make that work if if everyone retires and then you move on and yeah okay, right that, and then, the, and then your next core one. is Lamarcus Kawhi and Mike Conley that's great that's really good yeah. you know that's better than what the Jazz are offering yes for sure as long as Greg Popovich is coach like yeah and if they can pull that off you know more power to Arthur right. Buford I guess I guess uh, other potential landing spots like I don't know is Chicago something he's interested in I guess that's probably a year away I don't know if they have the flexibility to is do better than the Jazz. In the East, it's bigger market. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't know that market care. Like he cares about market, though. Okay. I don't know. Uh, yeah. No, I'm just yeah. I'm spitballing, but I'm I'm just thinking. You know, how do you make that sale if you're the Jazz? And I think it, it's possible. Right. I mean, I think part of it is like you let Quinn Snyder go into the room with him and just serenade him. With yeah. The, what he thinks about him as a player, right? Because he loves <laughs> right. him. So yeah, for sure. 
Uh, you brought up David Fisdale, the new head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies, yeah. and his official kind of signing with the Grizzlies, I guess that was this weekend, and then Mike D'Antoni officially was announced as the Rockets coach today. And I believe Jeff Hornacek official with the and Knicks? Yes. Yeah, good call. Uh, so Or just or close, no, close I, enough. Yeah, I mean, it was reported it again that it was a three-year, three-year deal, deal right. but... Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's official yet or not, but regardless, the the NBA's coaching uh, carousel has been is over, right? Unless somebody gets fired from which is possible. Who? Why not Teron Ter- Lue? They is get smoked. LeBron's like, all right, I'm out on you. Wow, it's up to LeBron. Yeah, okay. Right? I mean, it's happened before. It's happened a lot with LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, let's yeah. let's pretend it's over for now. Who are your winners? Let me just read this list, and and you tell me who your winners and losers are um, of the of the coaching carousel. So Mike D'Antoni with the Rockets, David Fisdale with the Grizzlies, Frank Vogel went to Orlando. Uh, the Pacers replaced him with Nate McMillan, Dave Yeager to the Kings, Luke Walton to the Lakers, Scotty Brooks to the Washington Wizards, Hornacek as previously mentioned signed with the New York Knicks, Tom Thibodeau with the Wolves, and then Kenny Atkinson with the Brooklyn Nets was right. actually first. So my winners are the Grizzlies with Fisdale, because I think the world of Fisdale, hmm. he's one of those coaches that everyone seems to love and it's assumed that he's going to be a head coach You know, over the last couple of years. Uh, he was the top assistant with, under Eric Spolster. And yeah, he's and just, you, you, were, you watched him from close up Yeah, in, he's in just Miami. like, the, that dude's brilliant. Cool. Um, and he actually has done his homework, too, oddly enough. He, in, in the middle of his press conference, after a certain reporter for a certain paper asked a question, he answered the question, and then he said, by the way, we're going with Fizz with two Zs and Grizz with two Zs because the paper uses Grizz with one Z. Yeah, so that's a Memphis commercial appeal. They use Grizz with one Z, which is silly. Grizz, they yeah, have two Zs it's in really, the name. It's really that's dumb, why, and he was like, no, we're fixing style. this, by the way. So right. like that was just in a random moment in his press conference. So I love David Fizdale. Uh, Orlando gets a huge upgrade with Vogel over Scott Skiles. Yeah. That's a win. Uh, the Kings get a huge upgrade with Dave Yeager as long as he sticks around. Uh, and that yep. goes for both the Kings and Jaeger, who's known to look around quite a bit. Uh, and obviously, Cousins have to, has to stick around as well. Um, I'll say the Wizards got a win. I think Scott Brooks is a much better coach than Randy Whitman, and I think that's a I think that's a good yeah. good move in the right direction. Um, I don't know what to think about the Hornacek Knicks thing. I'm not going to say that's why? a win. I don't like. Do we know the direction of that team? Uh, Forever no. it was triangle. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And now it's like seemingly everything that Phil Jackson has been preaching against, and we don't know if he's going to stay long term. Here's why I do like it is because Hornacek is a good player developer. Sure. Um, just based on his time here in Utah, yeah. you, you listen to like Gordon Hayward talk about him and, and Derek Favors, and and he was instrumental in their development. And I think that will help Kristaps and uh, whoever they end up. I mean, they they don't yeah. have a draft pick, so right? I, but, that, but but what if Carmelo doesn't buy into what Hornacek's saying? That's you know, right? But that's the hangup I have. Like, and he's who and, is he going to listen to? Like I why? I don't know. I don't know, but that that matters because there's not a strong leadership in that organization. That's so that's true. why, like, I think Hornacek's a good coach. I think it's a good move for them to get him as long as they allow it to be a good move. Who? Yeah, I guess who would have been? Who would have Melo listened to and made that maybe, make? A maybe good Thibodeau. Fit? Yeah. You know, he can kind of grab the attention of guys. That's he also true. may have, they may have killed each other. I don't know. May I mean, if maybe Thibodeau, it's possible he had the choice, right? Like, and oh, he had the choice for sure between Wolves and, and Wolves, New York? Knicks, and Lakers. Okay, then, and yeah. he made the right choice, right? Um, Thibodeau for the, with Wolves, yeah, big, that's big a win. win as long as he doesn't run the players in the ground, right? Um, I love Kenny Atkinson with the Nets, hmm. a great player development guy, and they're going to need 
the best player development over the next couple of years because they they're gonna have to just kind of get guys off the scrap heap yeah and try to develop them no picks no picks so i i think that's a great move and it allows them to kind of be calm about the way they bring their organization forward like sean marks patient guy kenny atkinson patient guy um and hopefully Prokhorov allows them to be are you out on anyone you've been so positive about uh, i don't know that i like the d'antoni to rockets thing i like it in theory but james harden is kind of sticky with the ball even, yeah. though, even when he gets a lot of assists like he holds the ball for a long time and that's not really d'antoni's deal right so i don't know how that's going to work he's not really a transition player like uh, right he, he, kind of a slow ball pusher if that yeah. makes sense yeah exactly it, and i don't like I don't like the move from Vogel to Nate McMillan. I don't I like, either. I like all. Nate McMillan as a coach. I think I he's probably better as an assistant. Um, he for a team that was like, all right, we're going to play faster and smaller and and you know be more modern. After a year, they just went out and got the slowest coach. Right. Like Nate McMillan's teams are historically the slowest in the league. The very slowest coach. Yeah. So I that I'm not crazy about. I'm not crazy about the Luke Walton hire. I think he can be a good coach in a few years, but I think it's a mess of a situation. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm not sure about the Hornacek next thing. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, I guess they know what Nate McMillan's been up to because he's you yeah, know, like an he's, assistant there, and, he's, and he's, they're familiar with him. He's a, I do think he's a good coach. I think he's capable of of turning that team into a great defensive team that can really like kind of grind out games. But that's not what they were supposed to be. So now I don't now I don't get it. Who is the worst coach in the league now? Um, because we Earl Byron Watson has gone. Really? Yeah, okay. Yeah, is that unfair? He's only. I mean, he's barely. He's had two months, but yeah. they weren't a great two months. Right, but I don't. I mean, even if he's even he if he's going to be a, resume. right, even if he's going to be okay as a coach, like he's not good now. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think who else is. Uh... Man, it's a lot of turnover. Yeah, I mean, I I don't. The list is a lot better than it was last year. Yeah, it's de- yeah. We've definitely you know we got the Byron Scott, Randy Whitman, Sam Mitchell out of our out of our system. Uh, I'm still not sold on Jason Kidd. I think he's a good coach. I just think he's hmm. kind of hectic. I I also just think he's a jerk, so that might be playing it. Oh yeah, Hoiberg. Is that fair? That's probably yeah, not fair. The, but. I, I, there are a lot of good coaches now, fair. though. Yeah, no, there are. Uh, anyway, I just I just think that's something to watch out for yeah uh we mentioned justin zanuck moving to the milwaukee bucks uh first of all congratulations to him he was hired by the jazz in 2013 was an agent for asm sports before then just hired as assistant gm for the jazz and in two short years now he's going to be the i guess three and a half short years he's going to be the gm in waiting for the milwaukee bucks so congratulations to him. and by the way former guest of the show Seth Partnow is yeah. their consultant of, of analytics Which for the is, Bucks. Yeah, he just announced that today. He's been working for them, I think, for a few weeks or months yeah, or something now. Yeah, I think, I think about a month or two. Um, but Seth, uh, this is probably giving up too much on the air, but oh well. Uh, Seth, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Seth DM'd me and was like, hey, how is Justin as a person? And I'm yeah. like, you will like him and yeah, they will they get along, get along fantastically so, well. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's going to be kind of an awesome partnership and I'm kind of excited to see what yeah. the Bucks do. Or even some though might I say, don't like Jason Kidd as or coach. Or some might say a partnership. Oh, there you go. How about that? <laughs> bringing the puns. <laughs> Zach Harper never disappoints. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and take a break on the other side. Uh, I want to play that Draymond Green clip from the championship parade because I'm 
kind of excited about that subplot of this NBA final series coming up. Like Draymond said some pretty mean things about the Cavaliers. He did. And I wonder if that's going to draw the ire of of at least Cavs fans. I can tell you one thing, he won't care. <laughs> but he does. He 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 loves that sort of Well, he of does feed off it, but yeah, it's not going to bother him in yeah, any way. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. We'll talk about that next on the ESP on the Salt City Hoop show on ESPN 700. You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Are you excited for the new Ghostbusters movie, Zach? Yes. Okay. I actually am. Good. I saw the, I saw the trailer, and I was... Uh, I, I'm not I'm not angry that it's a bunch of women. Did you see that that is the most downvoted video in YouTube history? That is? The Ghostbusters 2 trailer is the most downvoted video in YouTube history. Wow. People on the internet are evil. People on the, people on the internet hate women. That's yeah, what it is. It really is. Like, you don't have to love the idea, right? Like, right. all right, I didn't want another Ghostbusters. Look, like, been, that's fine. But the most downvoted? There have been much, much worse things on the internet. That's including just, all the people who downvoted it. Right. Uh, yeah. You know we it's, don't it's have to hate, we don't have to hate women. No. Like we could we could actually just accept them as equals if we wanted to. They're all great. They're well not all of them, but like Some not all not great. all people are great. No, oh uh, yeah, I, it's, you okay. know? Just uh, It's so uh, it's so dumb. And it's not like the movie's come out yet. You, you know what? Know? I'm going to buy 5 tickets for this movie now. How about that? Yeah. Take that. That'll show them. $35. <laughs> You're, you're paying yeah. <laughs> seven dollars movie ticket. So, yeah, the matinee. Matinee show. Yeah, okay. I don't. I don't go at night. I mean, too much. Too many. Crowds. You got basketball at night. I got basketball. I don't like crowds. Crowded movie theaters. What's the last movie you saw in a theater? I just saw one. Um, oh man, what did I see? Oh, I saw the Nice Guys. Okay. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's really good. The story's not very good, but the everything else about it's great. Good. The story's a little weak, but it's it's fun. That's fun. really fun. Yeah. Cool. All right. Anyway. You? What's the last movie you saw? Uh, what was it? Um. Oh god, it's probably like training day, something really. No, old. it was Money Monster. The Money. Oh, George, George Clooney? Clooney. Okay. Yeah. How was that? It was completely unrealistic, but kind of fun despite that. Right? Okay. Like the, the you've seen the previews, the yeah. guy's gonna have the bombs you know, he's he's got the bomb strapped to him, he goes on C N B C and wants right. to blow it up and then starts walking down the streets of New York like they would ever let that happen. They're like, right, let's that just let the bomb guy yeah. walk to a new office now that we've evacuated everybody out of this one. For some reason, every time I see the trailer for it, I think of the movie Phone Booth mm, with yeah. uh, Colin Farrell. That's also like not realistic to me. No. <laughs> they wouldn't just let this guy hang out in a phone booth. They would, no, they would probably some kill point, him, right? Yeah. They have snipers on him. and the, like, Yeah, for hours. Right. <laughs> anyway, uh, I want to play this Draymond, Dream, Draymond Green clip from last year, uh, the, the championship celebration after the Warriors won. I wonder if it's a little bit of bulletin board material. Is it, can it be on the bulletin board if it's a year old? Is yeah, it, abso- absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what the time limit is for bulletin boards, but it's probably on the, the Cavs uh, virtual bulletin board. Ho- Jose, Batista, Jose Batista hit a home run in the playoffs and did a bat flip, and months later got hit with a baseball. So, yeah, I think you can go. You it, can definitely go into the next season. This has been longer forward. than that, though. Yeah. They haven't uh, okay. really had a chance. This is this is true. Yeah. All right, let's play it real quick. 
All right, so Draymond, Draymond, you are such a... Clay Thompson, yup. Splash Brothers, yup. Cavaliers, nope. We won, yup. They suck, yup. We here, yup. They not, nope. Thank you, Draymond. You know, the sentence construction there... It's fantastic. It's perfect. That's what it is. And you can't say he's, anything else. He's got it all set up for sure. I I mean, if I'm a Cav, I'm like a little bit offended. He said we suck. Yeah, you did lose. They did, they, they did but... I, lost three straight games in the finals. I don't know. That usually means you've lost pretty badly, even in six games. It, it does. I, it, uh, Roz, uh, the sideline reporter, Roz, I can never remember her last name. Roz uh, Gold? Golden Wude or something yeah, like that, Roz right? Golden Wude. Uh, she's a trooper in that yeah. in that oh, clip man. because she's really trying to like trying to figure out like where is this going? Uh, how how long do I let him keep this up? And she's like kind of tries to play along a little bit. Like she's she's great in her role. Yeah, but she really earned her money that night. No, for sure. Yeah. I, I think all season long, quite frankly, with the personalities there. And yeah, that, I, I think she does a tremendous she's, job. She's really good. Uh, King Sai at Jasmanian Devil again asks, can Jaeger reach DeMarcus Cousins and tame their front office slash ownership situation? I don't know about the front office slash ownership, but yeah, he can absolutely reach DeMarcus Cousins. They're actually kind of perfect for each other. Do you think, you know, if, if say some accountability is necessary, so suspension or whatever, do you think front office and ownership let Dave Jaeger make that move? Because George um, Carl tried to make those suspensions right. and, it, and it didn't work out at I all. I mean, Michael Malone and, and DeMarcus Cousins got together fantastically towards the end of that that relationship right and so i think jaeger is a better coach and a little bit more commanding than michael malone uh and kind of in that same mold the question though is if the kings are terrified that they're going to lose to marcus cousins in 2018 i don't i still don't know that they allow jaeger to have that that kind of say right right but i also don't know that jaeger will have an environment in which demarcus cousins acts out as much okay yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, at some point, does DeMarcus Cousins grow up? Yeah, I, yeah, I think. Well, I mean, I would hope so. I also think that the majority of this is fueled by losing and being around incompetence. Yeah, and I think you bring in Dave Yeager, and that's a lot more competence. George Carl's not incompetent. He's though. not incompetent, but he wasn't. He wasn't trying to work with DeMarcus Cousins. No, that's he, true. You know, he was combating him the entire time. Yeah, and and Cousins one didn't like that, and two you know, kind of knew how poisonous the situation was. And Cousins was not the only one. You know, the majority of that roster was not okay with George Carl. Right. And so I think that – I think he can see what, what Dave Yeager wants as long as they're on the same page in that respect in terms of how the team's going to play. I think DeMarcus Cousins will – he'll have episodes because he's a fiery guy and he's – Yeah. They're not going to win right away, right? But this is this is a good relationship, I think. And I, I honestly don't mind who he is on the court uh, as much as some other people do. I, I think he. I think it's way overblown. Yeah. I really do. Like I, look. I bet I was around that organization when when he got drafted there. The, his first two years, I was there, and that organization was a mess. There was no accountability. They hired his high school coach to be an assistant just to have someone near him, and that guy was completely incompetent. And, and they just like Paul Westfall wasn't ready to be no. that guy. Jeff Petrie wasn't willing to be that guy. The Maloofs had no idea what they were doing. Like he was. He was drafted into utter chaos and incompetence, and it didn't get any better even when they got a better owner in there right? because that's been all over the place. Like I really think the environment has has shaded his actions way more than his personality. Hmm. doesn't mean his personality would be super if he's in a great organization. He's still a, a guy who gets frustrated, but 
I think the majority of his outbursts are driven by frustration of losing and not just because he's a jerk. We have a question from Riley O'Brien we'll get to real quick. Uh, seeing multiple mock drafts with the Jazz taking a point guard, do you think it would be for a two-point guard set with Dante Exum playing next to whatever that point guard would be or Exum playing some shooting guard? I think those are kind of the same thing, right? Like, right. ultimately, Exum's probably guarding the shooting guard in that lineup because no matter which point guard he plays against, Exum's probably the bigger, longer one. Right. Like, granted, these are two very small guards, but when Chris Paul and Darren Collison were playing together, did it matter who was the point guard and shooting guard? Not, Not really. really. Like, the guys just kind of play. Right. And I, I, think it, yeah. I think it would be a bigger version of that. Mostly you have the ball in Chris Paul's hands, yeah. and you have, you know, whatever matchup works better for you. I also think you have a guy where, like with Collison, whenever he got the ball, he would push right away. And I think you would have, like, whether that's Exum or, like, let's say they get Wade Baldwin or someone, right? Like, I think one of those guys would be, you know, even if they're not playing a huge up-tempo system, if you get the ball and you can push it to create some mismatches, you do that. Yeah. Do you think the Jazz will push more next year? I mean, I think I, they should. They don't. I mean, I guess they don't. Less is not really an option. They were last in the league, right? Exactly. In pace, but I, like, again, I, think, I think they should. I think when Favors and Gobert are out there, like, no, probably not. But I think when you get a more versatile lineup in, yeah, they'd be foolish not to. Yeah, you have the athleticism and the skill set to do it. You might as well do it. I agree with that. All right. Next segment, we've got a good one. We're going to be previewing the NBA Finals. We've got two guests, one Scott Sargent from... Uh, waiting for Next Year. Waiting for Next Year, yeah. that's the name of the blog. He's a great Cavs blogger. We'll have him on. And then uh, we spoke to Marcus Thompson, Warriors beat writer, on the Bill O'Reilly Show today. So we'll, bring, we'll play that interview, play the Warriors and Cavs people side-by-side, side, previewing the NBA Finals that begins tomorrow, 7 o'clock, ESPN 700. You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. You want to get down? All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoops show on ESPN 700. Andy Larson, Zach Harper joining you as usual. Although I'll actually be gone. This is my last show for the rest of the month, I think. You're going I, you're going to France. I'm going to France on Monday. The so I'm going to the Euro 2016 soccer tournament as you know and some of our listeners know. I I also like the soccer. You do like the, the soccer. basketball. And so there's this cool tournament. I've never been to Europe before. Okay. And uh, yeah, I'm going to Europe for three weeks. Where in where in France? In Paris so specifically? Or? We actually fly into Amsterdam. Okay. And then not in France, notably. But, right. Uh, <laughs> Officially. <laughs> just so everyone knows, I know geography. And then we're renting a car and going to seven different games in this tournament. So oh. uh, we're first in Paris and then go to Lyon and then go to Marseille and then go to Chamonix and then basically drive around the country a little bit to these different matches and uh, eventually come back here. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. I'm, that sounds I'm kind really of excited. fun. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's me and a buddy. It's just two people in a car driving yeah. around France. I went, I went to Paris a few years ago for about five or six days and it was an awesome experience. Really? Yeah. What, what was the best part? I went to a Leonard Cohen concert. Okay. In in Paris, which That's was sweet. unreal. Yeah. Okay. That was a uh, that was fun. Cool. Well, we do have our Cavs person now on the line, S- Scott Sargent uh, from Wait for Next Year. He's uh, we had Warriors writer Marcus Thompson on, so we'll have him on after Scott. Uh, but Scott, thanks for joining us on the show. Oh, I don't get to be the hammer on this discussion. You're, I'm sorry. The once you win the title, you get to go last. That's how. No, I'm, I'm sorry to rub that in. <laughs> that that that, uh, that is more than fair. You're, I appreciate the time. Though. You're officially the underdog, I guess. Yeah. Uh, no, it's all good. I appreciate you having me, guys. 
All right, so tell me, you know, with with the little bit of a break, having watched the last two games of Warriors uh, Warriors Thunder from their living rooms, where are the Cavs now? Are they are they rested? Are where are they mentally? You know, judging by everything they're saying, I mean, LeBron and T. Lou. Well, T. Lou is always you know very affable. LeBron and Kyrie were were more than in the zone following practice yesterday. Um, they they you know they they have their moments where they'll. You know, you know, indulge uh, a media member when they're looking for a quote. But uh, anytime they could give a yes or no answer yesterday, they were giving that. Uh, I didn't. Uh, obviously, I'm not there in in Golden State or in Oakland today, so I didn't get to see much of what they were what they were discussing. And I know they get their run of the mill kind of Super Bowl weekend uh, kind of questions. But uh, you know, from a rest standpoint, they played you know fewer games. Uh, you know, they but they've they've kept working. Uh, that's been, you know, I know, the, I know the narrative has been, you know, the rest versus rust thing. But uh, even in between Detroit and Atlanta, and then obviously Atlanta to Toronto, um, you know, they only had one day off between both series, so they've been working uh, very, very hard to get to this back to this point. And uh, I mean, especially when you talk about a, a guys like Kevin Love and Kyrie, who haven't really had the chance to fully experience what the NBA Finals are all about. Um, you know, it's it's kind of cheesy and cliche in a way, but uh, the, the the team and the coaches keep referring to this as a business trip, and uh, and and I wouldn't expect much different. Obviously, you know, once once talent is is supposed to you know come to a front, you know, it could be a little bit different. But in terms of you know, they're, they're not just happy to be here. Um, you know, like I think they were last season. You know, they they, they had a taste of what was there, and uh, you know now they want to finish the sandwich, for lack of a better term. Uh, Scott, I'm I'm a little confused by by Lou's comments of saying he wanted to push the pace against the Warriors because to me that just seems like a recipe for disaster. Because granted, there were special circumstances as to why this happened last year, but the the Cavs slowed it down, they made it ugly, and they actually got up two one because of that. Is there a chance that this is all a ruse and they are going to try to play at a much slower pace against the Warriors to take them out of their element? And if so, does that make a potential for like a Timofey Mozgov? return to excellence like we saw last season and not at all this season? You know, it kind of cuts both ways. Um, you know, there could be some coach speak and showmanship there a little bit. Um, but you saw what Oklahoma City was able to do when they did push the pace. I thought it was crazy uh, when, 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 when Scotty Brooks, or not Scotty Brooks, uh, Billy Donovan tried to, you know, kind of beat o- or Golden State at their own game. And, and it worked. Uh, it worked amicably for, 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 you know, two of those three wins. The, you know, obviously it kind of came back to bite them because, you know, the three-point shooting just wasn't there. Russell Westbrook shooting early was a bit of an aberration compared to what it was in the like, later stages of that series. And I think T. Lou feels he has that missing piece. Um, you know, if they do want to push the pace, uh, you know, they may not have the athletes or the lengths that Oklahoma City has, but maybe they feel that uh, they do have the shooters that if they, you know, they have, they, let's be honest. I mean, I know a lot's being made about Golden State's offense, but Cleveland's offensive efficiency has been fantastic this yeah. season as well, and, and even more so in the playoffs. So pushing the pace and being fast and, uh, and, and providing your team more opportunities to score at the efficiency at which they've been able to do so, um, you know, that, that's a hell of a game plan if, if you can execute it. Now, obviously, the issue comes down to can you outsmall you know, one of the best small ball teams that the NBA has ever seen, you know, and I think that remains to be seen. If they do go big, you know, they do have the horses to do so. But to your point, Zach, the, the, the issue remains, what sort of Timo do we get? Um, right. You know, the guys, ha- I've never seen a center 
at this stage in his NBA career, just forget how to catch the ba- the basketball. Right. Um, you know, they run drills with him in, in practice as if he's a goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you, if you, if you, it's, it's amazing to watch, but they have coaches fire basketballs at him. You know, if they had a jugs machine, they'd do it, but they have coaches fire basketballs at him from all these different angles. And he has to catch the basketball as if he's Tim Howard. And, but it hasn't been able to translate on the floor. And I don't know if it's a mental thing, uh, just being able, being where he's played all season long or not. But, um, you know, that, so if they did try to go big, I know that would make a lot of Cavaliers fans nervous having had to watch Mozga fumble around all season long. Scott, I think there are so many interesting matchups in this series. And I want to ask you about two of them now. Uh, how do the Cavs guard Draymond? When Draymond's on the offensive end, first of all, and then who does Kyrie Irving guard uh, on the defensive end for for the Cavs? Um, you know, I it's a very interesting questions because that's obviously two of the biggest weak. You know, two of Golden State's biggest strengths are going to be two of Cleveland's biggest weaknesses on the defensive end. Right. Um, to that point, uh, Kevin Love has not been that bad defensively. Um, I know the vines and 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 a lot of the the plays that people want to shrink down into three or four second clips and throw on Twitter, you know, haven't made him look the best. Um, but, you know, from a, from a team defensive standpoint, especially, um, you know, he, he, he did very well against Atlanta, um, you know, two all-stars, two all-star big men. And, and, and he, you know, definitely held his own there. Um, you know, obviously there's the one Al Horford, you know, poster that everybody would, would want to bring up. But if you take that, you know, three and a half seconds away, he, he played very well. Kyrie's a bit of a different story because when he wanted to lock down, um, especially in that Atlanta series, you know, he did. Uh, you know, don't forget that last that last play against, uh, you know, that, that that pretty much won them the series was, was very, very big. Um, how they hide him, though, against Golden State will remain to be seen. Um, you know, the, the fans here, the natural reaction is put him on Harrison Barnes, who's been horrible. You know, over the over the course of the course of the last few weeks, but then you obviously open yourself up to a gigantic size advantage if you try to put Shump and Jr. or Delhi on uh, you know those three kind of rotating on the two backcourt players in Golden State. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how T. Lou decides to attack this. Um, you know, his defense and from an X's and O's standpoint, save for those two games against Toronto in Toronto, has been very very good. Uh, you know, he's matched up against the pick and roll with Andre Drummond and Reggie Jackson in Detroit. Um, you know, he, they, the Cavs definitely held their own against the front court in Atlanta, uh, you know, and, and save for that one, you know, against, you know, an aberration of a three point shooting night from Dennis Schroeder. Um, you know, they're, they're, they've been very, very good. Uh, Kyle Lowry exposed, uh, Kyrie a little bit towards the end of that series in Toronto, but, uh, you know, defense hasn't, hasn't been the issue at all. If you look at any of the Cavs shortcomings over the last couple of weeks, it's just been when they haven't been hitting their shots. You know, it's a make or miss league. And uh, if if you if you get a bunch of open shots, you're expected to hit them. And if they can't do that against this lengthy, fast-paced, you know, Golden State Warriors offense, uh, it's going to be a long series. Scott, I know it's I know it's Cleveland, and so maybe there are, you know, there's a little bit of pessimism in the air. But it seemed like up until those two games in Toronto, everyone was kind of like, hey, you know, maybe this is the year because the Cavs were clicking on such a high level, and then that that maybe sobered got. Sobered the fan base up a little bit, realizing like, all right, well, there, this can still be very vulnerable. And then once you face the Warriors or the Thunder in the in the finals, then it can be you know very vulnerable to an exponentially you know measured degree. Like, where is the where is the mindset of everyone now in Cleveland? Not just the the players, but especially like the fan base, the city. Is there still that same 
hope of like, hey, this could happen, or did those three games by the Warriors to end that series against the Thunder kind of sober everybody up? No, you know, I think there's a lot of cautious optimism. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, I think those two losses against Toronto were good for this fan base in large um, because, you know, there there was a moment where they looked unstoppable. Yeah. And, you know, playing the East has obviously fared a little differently than if it had they been, had they had to have the, you know, bit of a gauntlet in the West. The, you know, the, the, the difference is they're healthy, for one. Um, you know, have, you know, not having Kevin Love last year, it was any win that they pulled out was essentially a bonus, even more so after Kyrie went down in game one. You know, when you're running, you know, Delhi, J.R. Smith, and, and Shump as your two, three, and four options against the Golden State Warriors, anything you pull out is, is, is fantastic. Now, you know, the mindset is this, this, is the be- this is arguably the best Cavaliers team that has ever existed. Um, and you're talking the 07 team that got washed by San Antonio, uh, the 09 and 10 teams that unfortunately had their you know early exits you know against Dwight Howard and Orlando and then obviously the big three in uh, Boston, you know now you know when you know where you we're, this this is a city that's used to having Mo Williams be the second fiddle, and and now you come around to an NBA Finals and, and a fully healthy team that uh, you know has 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 a legitimate big three um, and not to mention a fourth scoring option in J.R. Smith. A lot of people are you know not talking about him because of what the big three have done. But you're talking about a guy who's averaging 12, 13 points a game and is playing some of the best defense of his career at this stage, which is almost unheard of from a guy like JR. You know, so there's a lot of reasons for, for fans to be really excited, and it, it, they have a, a bit of a safety net this year. Last year, if, if LeBron wasn't firing on all cylinders for 45 minutes a game, you knew it was going to be a long night, where you know, this time around, you know, if Kevin's having a rough night, you know Kyrie, Jr., maybe Shump, maybe Tristan kind of step up. If if Kyrie's having a rough night, you know, take your pick. You know, on who steps up. Delhi has been has been great in spot play. Richard Jefferson looks like it's 2003. Channing Fry has been a huge addition for this team and has really rejuvenated the team and the fan base. So there's a lot of reasons to be to be confident here. Now, obviously, once the chips are down and these two teams are locked up. If, if 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 Cleveland gets punched in the mouth first in game one, you know, the Cavs fans could uh, easily revert back to, you know, everything you saw in Believe Land. But there's, there's right now, without a game being played, you know, I, I haven't seen a fan base more optimistic than right now. All right, Scott, we got to run. But thank you so much for your input on the show. Where can we follow you in, in your writing? Oh, uh, you know, WFNY Scott on Twitter and then uh, com or WFNY.scout.com. Uh, on, the, on the webs. I appreciate the time, guys. Thanks, Scott. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. That was great. He's great. Yeah. He's awesome. Um, all right, so now we get our, our counterpoint, the hammer segment, as Scott pointed the out. hammer, yeah. Uh, we had Marcus Thompson on the Bill O'Reilly show earlier today. We subbed for that program, hosting that show. Uh, let's go ahead and bring and play that interview uh, with Marcus Thompson about how the Warriors are setting up for this NBA Finals series. Warriors beat writer. He's the, you know, like... He's, and the best. He's the best. He writes, he has something on Harrison Barnes where Harrison Barnes like took him to uh took Marcus to to go see Marcus's neighborhood where he grew up in Oakland. And it's just it's perfect. It's great great feature feature writing. He's awesome. the best. All right. Well, we've got Marcus on the air, so I think he's been hearing us say nice things about him. Hopefully. Marcus, are you there? I'm listening to Warren G and A Dog. It's the only way to bring you on. <laughs> right? I don't know. I can I can I can find some. I can use some Oakland music, some Looney's. I got five on it. Sure, always works. But, sure. 
But you can't go wrong with Nate Dogg. No, you can't go wrong with Nate Dogg. I mean, they're they're having a free concert here. I mean, that's yeah. I know. I know I'm you got so game, you got game one to to deal with tomorrow. But if you want to make it to Salt Lake City by tonight for a free <laughs> Warren G concert, we got you. And that is very enticing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Marcus, tell me about uh, where the Warriors are right now, kind of emotionally after a, a tough game seven, uh, seven game series. Obviously, in, incredibly physically taxing. Where are they mentally coming into uh, uh, as they face the Cleveland Cavaliers, a team that they beat last year? Where are they? I think they're uh, in, in a state of invincibility. I think they feel like, man, we just overcame you know, the relative impossible. Like, you know, I think they feel more now than they ever have that they are unstoppable and that they can't be beaten because if there was any situation they were supposed to go down, that was it. The toughest team they're going to face, down 3-1, having to win an impossible road game, uh, and never really playing well, and they still won. So I think this is a – I think Cleveland is getting a team that is, like, Tired, but peaking in, as far as confidence. Well, with with what they did, I mean, it seemed like, and you you get a lot of lip service from players and teams around around the league when they're in tough situations. But it really did seem like any time adversity has been thrown at them this this season, and it hasn't been a ton because they've won so much that they they really do revel in it. Like when they lost to the to the Blazers, they were kind of just like, hey. Like we're excited for this. Now we get to you know kind of refocus and and go after this. When they're down three one, they're still very confident that they were going to come back and and at least force a game seven and then have a chance, right? So if anything, if they go down to the Cavaliers early in this in this finals, like they they're not going to be rattled, right? That's the uh, that's the odd part about this team, right? It's they they almost need that in some sense some uh, senses, right? They. Like they need to have their back against the wall because they're at their best when 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 they put themselves in position to be doubted. Like you know, it's almost like, hey, everybody knows the Warriors are going to win. That's too easy for them. They need you to say, oh, they're not going to win. They're done. Here's where they are in order to tap into that extra reserve they have, uh, and then all of a sudden they become the stellar team. Even San Antonio. Remember, everybody thought. Oh, they haven't played anybody. Now they're going to play San Antonio and watch what happens. Then they won by 30. Right. They have that level. So if you're the other team, this is a tough spot because, I mean, what else can you do but get them down? And then you have to be ready for when you get them down, okay, now we're going to get their best. But it usually takes the other team's best just to put them in a situation where they feel threatened. I thought it was fascinating. Draymond played the "Nobody Believed in Us" card after Game Seven, right? Like, <laughs> you just won seventy-three games more than any other team in in regular se- season history, and you're saying that nobody believed in in them. No one was saying that they they didn't believe in the Warriors anymore. I mean, it, it's it's an incredible like mind uh, erasure sort of thing where you you have to put yourself into this sort of framework in order to be the best athlete they could be. All Draymond needs is one Twitter follower, <laughs> right? That's all he needs is somebody to say, uh, you guys are going to lose, right? And, and Zach, as you know this very well, there will be no shortage of Cleveland fans wow. letting Warriors fans hear it. So the, the nobody believed in us uh, mantra will continue because they're, all they're going to hear is from Cleveland Cavaliers fans saying, now, look, well, now we have our full team. Watch what we do, you guys. We're going to win. And forget all the other people who are going to predict the Warriors, right? <laughs> forget all the other people who are saying, this is Warriors at five. 
they're only going to listen to those Cavs fans. And so then after, you know, when they get to the point where they're down again, they're going to say nobody believed in us because it was some dude on Twitter. Yeah, he's he, just going to go through all these Cavs blogs right. and find one, <laughs> one Cavs blogger that says, like, Cavs in seven, and, and he'll, he'll use that as, as motivation. We were kicking around this That's idea. The world. Yeah, exactly. We were, we were kicking around this idea earlier of whether or not Steve Kerr should start Andre Iguodala because of the LeBron James matchup. Um, I kind of wondered, is it, is it smart to go against what you've done all season in order to do this, or do you just kind of wait for the Cavs to put you in a position to adjust? I would wait uh, primarily because, man, Iguodala has logged some minutes. Uh, yeah. And last time they did this, like, it was the last series, right? It was This was it. There wasn't anything to look forward to. So they had to pull out their, their stop uh, in the Western Conference Finals. Now they still have potentially seven more games. So I would, in order to preserve him, so if you do need him for that five, six, seven, to start, I, I would save him. Hmm. Uh, and also, I would make LeBron, like, we've seen him not make outside shots. Right. So it's not like this is a LeBron clicking. I'm saying, Harrison, you guard him and just, you know, force him to take clog the paint and make LeBron beat you taking outside shots. Then if he does that, now you sick Iguodala on him. But, I, I mean, he had 30, 43 minutes, 36 minutes. Like, that's a lot. But they had set a previous limit of him. For 30 minutes when Steph was out, that was the cap. And so now Steph is back, and he was still playing 30, 36 minutes, 43 minutes. So I just feel like they need to preserve him, and for that reason, I wouldn't start him. With with Draymond Green, he had a up and down series. I think it's fair to say, Uh, definitely some downs there in Game Three and Game Four. Do you think he'll be back kind of at 100% Draymond Green if, uh, affecting the game on both ends of the court uh, that we saw throughout the regular season? If Kevin Love plays a lot, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I, think, I don't think Draymond was down just because he was down, right? I think he was down because Kevin Durant played the defense of his life because Sergi Baca is, you know, even though he seems to be losing his athleticism, is still uh, a really good defender, and I think – the Thunder's athleticism and quickness and length actually bothered Draymond, and he had to kind of figure that out. So I don't know. I know Tristan Thompson gave him problems last year, and he had to figure it out. So if the Cavs go with Kevin Love, uh, I don't think there's going to be much to figure out. It's going to be uh, right in Draymond's wheelhouse. The one-four pick and roll with Steph, and <laughs> they're going to make Kevin Love work on defense. If they play Tristan, if they get those long athletic guys, I guess they have like two of those guys, if they get those in in there against Draymond, that's for me where he has his greatest struggles and he'll have to figure it out. But I don't think the way the Cavs have played to this point, I don't think they have those guys. I mean, Tristan is playing some, but he's playing five, uh, and he's not playing much of four. If Kevin Love is on the court, then that's where Draymond is going to be, and I think that's going to work to his advantage. Where do you think Steph is in terms of just being back to Steph? Like he looked great in second half of Game Seven. He was, you know, he hit some phenomenal shots. Had those Steph moments. I think throughout whether he whether they were winning or losing in the conference finals, there were questions about whether or not he had his quickness back. Do you think he's going to be as good as possible heading into the finals? I think he'll be the same. I still think his knee is the issue. I just don't think that was the reason he was shooting poorly. Right. You still see him not able to get around the bigs right like uh 
some of that was because uh, Billy Donovan expertly told his bigs to get a sneaky hand check in there, but we've seen Curry turn that into drives a lot. And against Oklahoma City, it was either get the three or give the ball up. I do think uh, Westbrook's last and being down 3-1 like, helped Steph shift it to another gear. But some of that stuff with him just driving to the basket, uh, you, you don't see him getting there as often as he does. But if he's hitting his three, uh, that, that he needs that to kind of open everything else up. That's when really things change when he started making his shot. So I think you'll see the same guy, uh, especially if they put Della De Vadova on him, right? That's, that'll really wake him up. But right. I think, you know, everybody's saying if we had Kyrie, you know, the Cavs would have won. I think Steph hears that, and he's going to want to show up for sure. I think Steph would have really gone for 50. Has to be making, he has to be making a shot in order for all that stuff to, to work. Okay, we've got Marcus Thompson of the Bay Area News Group joining us. Uh, I want to get just your overall prediction of the series. How do you think it plays out? How many games? Who ends up winning? Obviously, game one tomorrow night, 7 o'clock Mountain Time, 6 o'clock Pacific. You know, I, I got the Warriors winning in six. Uh, because I think uh, I think LeBron is good enough to get him a game, and then I think the Cavaliers uh, are better, and the words are going to be tired, and for me that gets you another game. But I I just feel like come game when you get to start getting game four, game five, the Warriors' mo is to figure a series out. Once they figure it out, we've seen that they're really tough to beat. So if the Cavs, I think they could get one of these first two games, especially game one. Because the Warriors have got to be tired, right? And now's the time to uh, to strike. So if they take Game One, I think uh, I think that's their best chance to catch the Warriors kind of off guard. But we've seen the Warriors. I know that they, if they can win Oklahoma City, they can win in Cleveland. So I still believe they're going to win a game in Cleveland. That's for me. That's that's a guarantee. Every Steph, every series Steph Curry has ever played in, he's won a road game. So that's ten straight or eleven straight, I think. So no reason to think it's not going to happen again, which means Cleveland needs to win two in Oracle. And the Thunder couldn't do it, so I just don't see them doing it. So I'm going to go with Warriors and six just because they'll figure it out at some point. All right. That's Marcus Thompson, Bay Area News Group, joining us. Thanks again, Marcus, for, for being on the show today. So my tickets to Warren G, where are they at? <laughs> like, hey. so email them. I got them right for you. Just meet me in front of the I'm building. On the guest list. Got you. All right. I got you. <laughs> You know, it's a bummer we're not at the Warren G concert. That's tonight at We could the have Galvin just Center. played the show from earlier today. You're right. No and one would have noticed. Yeah, no one would have noticed. Like, we, we would have been at the Someone concert right now. Someone may have noticed. <laughs> Maybe somebody. Uh, you know, Warren might be going on right now. He didn't go on at 7. No. He had there openers. Was, there were three openers. There, I mean, I've got the... There was uh, Sig Berna. DJ Bangarang. DJ Bangarang. And, and, and Nate Smith. Yeah. So Warren's probably going on. In about we can probably 20 go walk over there after the show and get some Warren G. I once went to a Public Enemy concert and it took them about two and a half hours to get on stage. Okay, and it was awful. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you had. And a I great like time. Public Enemy. It was awful. Uh, I'm bummed we didn't ask Scott for his series preview because we we should have after getting Marcus's. You know what? I bet we can go to waitingfornextyear.com. That's true. And and find it. All right, we're gonna do that during the break. On the other side, we we'll, we'll reveal what we find, and also uh, go around the NBA as we usually do around this time every week. Talk about all the news happenings and notes from around the association. That's next on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700.
You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoops show on ESPN 700. Andy Larson, Zach Harper joining you as per usual, except for the new normal after, you know, the rest of this month is not going to be me. I'm going to be gone. Sorry. Right. I will be at, in New York City for the NBA draft. That's uh, exciting. So you can have me on as a guest from there, question mark, if we yeah. have the show. I don't know. But we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> But or maybe the day before, or the day before, if or we have the show then, day after, uh, you know, whatever ends up happening with that, we'll yeah. we'll let you know, and hopefully, at, at the very least, I will bring you draft coverage from New York City. Let's Absolutely. Put it that way. So, me and Angie Treasure. Yeah, that's. For I'll make at least her do next it. couple of weeks. Yeah, I'll make her do it. Yeah, no, that's she's she told me she would, so yeah. that'd be great. Because that's like that's a good chance to talk about my dog on air for two hours. Absolutely. Yeah, and on our podcast uh, that we recorded Friday, the KSL Court Report, the the three of us, you, me, and Angie, did really well. So that's good. I, I you're you're both popular, is what I'm saying. Great, <laughs> that's exciting. <laughs> I don't think they'll they'll cut, take us off the air. Uh, we did not find a prediction on waitingfornextyear.com. I'm assuming that's for, coming tomorrow. So we'll, we'll let, we won't, you know, shatter their, their thunder, I guess. Is that, what's, what's the phrase? We won't, well, it's not shatter their thunder. That's I've never heard that in my that, life. Yeah. We won't break their spirit. Great. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably not it either. Uh, I did find a pre- pretty cool article on the three point shooting X factor. So yeah, I would on, go check that site. out on waitingfornextyear.com. Yeah, for sure. But let's go around the NBA. Um, actually this one, let's start locally. Trey Lyles went on a six mile, two hour hike and then, uh, did a video about it for uh, un- the uninterrupted, the vice sports yeah. blog video thing, uh, which is kind of cool. I mean, I like that Trey Lyles is, is getting to know Utah a little bit better and, sure. and presumably liking it. It may have inspired a future hike for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have you done any hikes since you've been here? No, it's been cold. Not like the last couple of weeks. I've been gone. You've been gone. Yeah, That's I've fair. been traveling. Right. This yeah. is fair. You've so, got a whole summer. Summer of hiking. Although yes. I won't be here in July for most of it. Right. Because summer league. And summer league. And are you going somewhere else? I usually go on a little vacation after Good summer call. league. Yeah. Go to LA. Go to Sacramento. See my folks. Good call. Yeah. Okay. Well, soon. At soon. some point. Yeah. We'll, we'll do a hike. Uh, if I don't know if you're inviting me on the hike. I don't know. If you would like to go on the hike. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, ben Simmons. What rep- if I had just said no right there? Would that have just been an awkward couple of seconds yeah, of dead been. air? <laughs> that, would you have fought that and been like, "Why not?" Or would you just accept yes, it? Yes, I would have. I would have asked why okay, not. Okay, all like, right. You know, if for example, if you would have unfollowed me, I would be like, <laughs> "What happened here?" But that's you know, that's a story for another day. Uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, reports out of Philadelphia in- indicate that Ben Simmons is the likely number one pick. I think that's kind of been the assumption all along, yeah. but. Uh, Brandon Ingram is another good prospect. And I, like I think a lot, lot of other teams may have taken him number one over Ben Simmons. I like him a lot. I do think it makes sense that if you're Philly, you still are trying to acquire that star, right? Right. And I think Ben Simmons is more likely to become a superstar than Brandon Ingram, but I think Brandon Ingram is a very, very good player. I agree. I'm I'm kind of bummed that the Lakers are going to get him because they I, could screw this up. Oh, for sure. They don't could get absolutely me wrong, screw this but up. But I just I don't like seeing talent go sure. towards the the purple and gold in L.A. Sure. Uh, Pau Gasol may skip the Olympics because of the Zika virus. Is it embarrassing to say that I don't really know what the Zika virus is? It's like a mosquito-borne illness that will give okay, so like, kind of like, babies who have birth defects. Okay, so sort of Lyme disease-ish in that it's passed on by an annoying bug? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
so when I went to Brazil for the World Cup, there is a, we went to uh, Manaus, which is in the very middle of the Amazon jungle. Okay. And the worry there was that we would get malaria. So you right. can either get malaria pills or whatever. I just chose to wear long sleeves and long pants in the middle of the jungle that for a couple days. That must have been quite comfortable. It was, it was not, but I <laughs> don't have malaria. So, so that's good. That's, it's good. Yeah, um, I mean, that, I guess, I don't know. Is this the last Olympics Pal can play in? Probably, right? Like, Ooh, that's tough. I th- think you got to go. Get the Zika. It's, Pau's, Pau's a bigger person. I don't know. I Zika don't know. sounds like Zima. It's That's a good thing, equally in other words. It's equally as dangerous. <laughs> it's the reason it's not made anymore, right? <laughs> of course. Uh, the, Thunder, the Thunder equipment manager uh, proposed to his girlfriend, and you know maybe that's not news, but he did get some help <laughs> with from Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. And, yeah, Nick Collison. And, and, yeah. Yeah, really kind of the whole team. It was, um, a, it was a cool story. It's on USA Today. Sam Amick wrote it, and it's a, it's a really nice like little tale of how close that organization is. I love that uh, she knew it was coming because she saw Kevin Durant and was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, he must be proposing. This, he must be proposing. <laughs> right. Like, that's, that's kind of funny yeah. that that can be some, somebody out there's tell that yeah. they're going to be proposed to is, oh, that's Kevin Durant. I like from the story, too, that um, – that she was way ahead of schedule on the like he's basically sent her on the scavenger hunt where the the thunder players were helping out and she was way ahead of schedule and getting she these clues way, steps, yeah. way too quickly and so she got to this bar with nick Collison, and he basically had to like slow her down he's like <laughs> hey let's just talk for a half hour and let's, let's get some beers and stuff and that worked and huh. it got it, it got it done pretty easily check that out yeah like you said on usa today uh, the Wizards plan to offer Bradley Beal a five-year max deal. I think. I think that was coming, right? That makes sense. I mean, yeah. I guess you could let another team offer it, and then it'd be four. But you right. might as well not make your players. Angry. I mean, you're not getting Durant, most likely, right? right. Like ninety-nine point nine percent chance you're not getting him. And Bradley Beal's very good when he's healthy, and when he's in the playoffs, he's very good. However, he has had the same stress fracture four straight years, and he's been in the league four years. Right. So that's that's a concern, right. but you got to pay him. Joakim Noah told teammates, Bulls teammates, that he's not coming back to Chicago. Uh, kind of obvious given his declining role there, but still a, a bummer. It is a bummer. Maybe he wants to be a backup center for the Minnesota Timberwolves or a starting center, and they move Carl Anthony Towns to power forward. He left Tom Thibodeau. But he wasn't great in Thibodeau's last season either. No, but he was injured. Okay. But I don't know why he would be healthier this time <laughs> around, but I don't know. I mean, he might be healthy, but I don't know that that will make him a better basketball player. Right, but I think he would be – well, one – it would be crazy interesting to have him and Kevin Garnett on the same team because they don't really true. like each other. Uh, two, I think he would be a great influence on on Carl Anthony Towns. Okay. Yeah. Does he, Carl Anthony Towns already has some pretty good influences. Like I, yeah. Uh, he's he's in a good situation. He's like Go the Wolves. He's like the second best player in the world. That's what I'll say. I don't really believe that, <laughs> but why not? He will be eventually. Number so two. Let's just get ahead of who's number one. Uh, I don't know. Jared Smith. Okay. These might just be my rankings and not the actual <laughs> rankings. I want I want the Zach Harper rank of, of NBA players. J.R. Smith, Carl Anthony Towns, Jamal Crawford. Okay. Jordan Crawford, who's still not in the NBA anymore, <laughs> but I'll take him. It's not important. Ricky Davis, obviously. Uh, this was a kind of interesting study. Almost 50% of NBA players are related to an elite athlete. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, other sports are at like 15 20%. Right. Basketball, it's like... It's not a requirement, but it's it really helps to have like a past Olympic sprinter in your in your past. Well, what's funny? I was having this conversation the other day of like basically people saying, "Oh, Steph Curry, his dad's one of the, you know was a great shooter. He was in NBA arenas all the time. Like, like he's 
you know, we, we say he's not physically blessed or all this stuff or genetically mm-hmm. gifted and all this stuff. They're like, oh, but he did all this. And I'm like, why is that? Why is that more noteworthy than the fact that LeBron James' parents made a 6'8 monster, right? right? Like who can run like crazy. Like I don't know why we're just sticking the idea that, oh, well, his dad was in the NBA, so of course he's in the NBA. I don't think it works that way. No. I really don't. Like, And I had some interesting conversations with people uh, about this, and, and one person who has played in the NBA basically said, like, look, my dad wasn't around, and and I, I, don't, I, don't, I made it. Like I think there are just way more contributing factors than the fact that I think this is more coincidental than anything, hmm. is what I would say. So it's it's uh, almost like a cyclical thing that. Like, That's what I know, think. Yeah, I, I kind of wonder, road, like twenty years from now, or is it, will this still be the case? Will hmm. it be more? Will it be less? You know. Yeah, I mean, it may it may be. I'm I'm curious to see, and and also I think uh, the NBA is in its a different time as a in the development of the sport than right. I think other leagues. Yeah, are. right. That that all matters wonder, too, right? Yeah, I wonder what kind of impact that has. Does Andrew Wiggins count twice because his dad played in the NBA briefly? Mm-hmm. And his mom was like a world class track and field athlete. I mean, I don't think so. I don't know how they did the study. Let's okay. be honest, but maybe. All right. Uh, I think he counts twice. The future LeBron James, Serena Williams kids are going to count. <laughs> that LeBron James Junior can play. He can. He's like what, eleven years old. He can yeah. play. The, the YouTube videos. You yeah. should check those out. Those he's good. Better than Thon Maker's YouTube. Mistakes. He's better. He's better than Thon Maker right now. <laughs> Uh, and then, okay, two other s- small pieces of news, just because we haven't had a show in a while. First of all, Dikembe Mutombo said that he did not give Bismack Biombo permission to use the finger wag. Uh, what a shame, because uh, more of the finger wag in the NBA. Does I, he have it trademarked? Like, what is... Like, I know it's his no, finger wag, but... Michael Jordan dunked on him and then did it. He didn't have permission. <laughs> that's what makes it great. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a fair point. I think you can wag your finger if you want to wag your finger. Yeah, it's kind of a natural thing to do. Right. Uh, and then, speaking of LeBron, he offered to pay for Dante Jones' suspension uh, paycheck penalty, which actually turned out to be only $80. So the way that that works is Dante Jones was signed for only one day, the very last day of the season. Right. And then the fine is one three hundredth of that or something, and it turns out to be $80. LeBron didn't know that when he was like, oh, I'll pay Dante Jones' fine, no big deal. But it's still kind of funny that in the end, this fine turns out to be $80. I just had a parking ticket for 110 bucks because I kind of let it go longer than it was supposed to would lebron pay that i think so okay go ask him i'll ask him you you will get, get this get chance the, yeah when i get to the finals i'll ask him if he'll pay my parking ticket i'm in a soccer league that you know division four utah soccer finds you 50 dollars if you get a red card like what we're in the same i realm. would not pay that at all <laughs> absolutely not it's it's a little bit ridiculous like i like being in a league that finds me it feels makes me feel like i'm a good player at some but i'm not right but fifty dollars is a lot of dollars. I got uh, I got kicked out of a rec league game a long time ago for basketball, and they and there was a like we kind of got into it with another guy, and they threatened to suspend us. And mm-hmm. I said, "Well, my team won't play next year, and so you're going to miss out on whatever the f- <laughs> the fee was." And they were like, "Okay," like they totally That's- like. Like, they could have called my bluff, and I would not have. Like, we were not right. going to miss out next summer. But I said, and they said, okay. It's a good negotiating All right, you can, you can play next game. That's smart. Yeah. And then the saddest news of the week, uh, Bryce DeGene Jones, a 23-year-old promising player, uh, guard for the New Orleans Pelicans, was shot dead in Dallas early Saturday morning. Looks like he entered in an apartment. He was f- having a fight with his girlfriend yeah, and then went the to the wrong child, floor yeah. uh, and 
kicked in somebody else's apartment who sh- the, right the resident had a gun and he and the res- someone broke in and he shot him right yeah uh so kind of a tragic situation clearly like a mistaken identity sort of thing it's a it's a bummer for bryce Dean jones who really had a, a future in the league yeah he would, just carved out a, a nice little role for himself on the pelicans started a few games for them this season i yeah. mean i know they were had a lot of injuries yeah, but still, but you, still you're starting in the NBA, he, play. Like, he, he was good yeah. yeah so that's that's super sad and we we wish the best to his family yep all right, we're going to go ahead and take a break. On the other side, we're going to give our finals predictions uh, next on the Salted Hoop Show, ESPN 700. You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. When I find myself in times of worry, Steph Curry, he comes for me. Warriors fans anthem. It works. It did. I mean, they came back from a 3-1 deficit. You can't ask for anything better than that. And he was he was just stupid good. Yeah. I mean, I what was cool is I had... So I was sitting behind the basket in Game 7 um, at the top of the lower bowl. Okay. And they were on the far side of the court uh, at the end of the game. Uh, offensively, mm-hmm. and so I got to. It's just a perfect view to see how Steph is like manipulating the defense and everything. And it was just like just the, the he like had that two K my player kind of view. Pretty much, yeah. And then and like he hit he hit a three over Kevin Durant that just seems stupid. That like I don't know how. You, yeah. Like Kevin Durant's got like a seven six reach. <laughs> like I don't know how he did that. And then he hit a couple against Stephen Adams, and it was just like it's just like he. I've never had more fun watching a basketball no. player than Steph Curry because he's you on. <laughs> <laughs> right, like every game. They, they say like the reason he's so popular is because he's relatable to people, and I do think like, hey, I take these stu- these same stupid shots, yeah, and uh, mine don't go in as as often as his. Well, you know, but you know, relative. All right, so we've done five hours of radio today. Seems this is like a lot. That segment. sounds like a lot. It does. It's probably too much for us. But regardless, uh, I want to end these last five hours by first talking about Desert Bus. <laughs> Which is my favorite video game. That's your favorite video game. No, but (laughs) it's a video game, that's for sure. Uh, Made in 1995, it's a Sega CD. Uh, It was made by Penn & Teller on a Penn & Teller compendium of games. The game's called Desert Bus. The objective of a game is, is to drive a bus from Tucson, Arizona to Las Vegas, Nevada in real time at a maximum speed of 45 miles an hour. It requires eight hours of continuous play to complete since the game cannot be paused. The bus contains no passengers. There is little scenery aside from an occasional rock or bus stop sign. There is no traffic. The road between Tucson and Las Vegas is completely straight. The bus veers to the right slightly and therefore requires the player's constant attention. You can't just press A and leave, have the bus going because the bus goes to the right slightly. And... If you make it all the way to Las Vegas, you get one point. <laughs> I've got I've never heard of this. I started reading <laughs> the description uh, during the break, and this sounds like the most boring experience you could possibly have. My friend uh, Graydon Gordian, I don't know if you know Graydon, um, yeah. used to run 48 Minutes of Hell, which is a great Spurs blog. Uh, Graydon participated with like three other friends doing the, uh, the Le Mans the 24 hours the of 24 hours of Le Mans yeah. uh, on a video game okay um where they legitimately did it yeah. for 24 hours and and that was like an experience I and he was tweeting about it and he was texting me about it uh when it wasn't his turn and I thought look I've wasted a lot of time in my life 
on stupid stuff <laughs> on video games and stupid uh-huh. video game scenario. Driving for 24 hours does not seem fun. Driving eight hours of 45 miles per hour without having to dodge anything except just slightly no, veer just- <laughs> back to the left. It, it took for one point. For yeah, that's that's the most you get. This is the equivalent of an Andre Drummond free throw trip. Like that's what this <laughs> that's what this game is. It's what an awful idea. <laughs> I mean, the Drummond free throw trip can only be a maximum of like thirty seconds. This is eight hours. I mean, th- there's just not like nothing happens. No, you could just sit and stare at a wall. Here's what I love about this: this group called Loading Ready Run, this comedy group, started a marathon game session for charity of okay. Desert Bus, and it's called Desert Bus for Hope. They raised this money for the charity called Child's Play. Uh, they have raised $3 million. What? $3.1 million on desert bus runs. The last one started November 14th of 2015, and they played desert bus for six days and 15 hours, raising $680,000 in those six days. I mean, $3 million uh, that's is so impressive. much money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. That's more than, like, various jazz charity stuff. Right. You know, like, $3 million is huge. Just all because of the stupid, stupid game called Desert Bus. It says some have played the game using a tool-assisted emulator, managing to obtain 99 points. Well, right, because then you, you just say, okay, you equal out the right. sw- which is, swerve to the right. Which That's is boring. the maximum the game allows, and this takes over 33 days. <laughs> yeah, so set up a computer and just run it for 33 days, and you're in the background, I guess. But All right, like, I guess I played Solitaire on my phone for quite a bit of a flight the other day. Yeah, I guess that's not a as, eight hours. I don't know, but I'm trying to beat a time. Like I'm trying to get this thing solved in under a minute. Yeah, I feel like that was a bigger accomplishment than than oh this, for than, sure than, than getting bus. one point on right. desert bus for eight hours of play. It's not a bigger accomplishment than raising three and a half million dollars. So that's no, pretty that's cool. if I can raise three and a half million dollars playing solitaire on my phone, then I'll feel better than Penn and Teller. That's got to be a, a Twitter. Something you can start up. Sure, just like I can, yeah. The the Twitch feed of you playing solitaire. Right. Some people would watch that, I'm sure. Anyway, let's go ahead and go to the finals predictions now that we've got two minutes left in the show. Uh, I'll go first. I'm with Marcus. I'm with Warriors and Six. Okay. Uh, I just think, first of all, that the Warriors are a better team. Mm-hmm. We, I think we saw that during the regular season. I think we saw that in their matchups. I do agree with Marcus that... Uh, you kind of give the Cavs a game because the Warriors are coming into this tired. Uh, and you give a game because the Cavs have been good at home so far in this regular season. Sure. Or in the playoffs, excuse me. But ultimately, I think the Warriors just have too many weapons. They have weapons in difficult places for the Cavs. I think matchup-wise, Clay, Steph, and Draymond are, are difficult. And Warriors win back-to-back championships. What do you think? What if I told you that for CBSSports.com, I predicted Cavs in five? Why did you do that? I didn't. I picked Warriors in seven. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and I don't even really, I don't know that I believe it, it'll go seven. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's probably Warriors in six. Uh, but I do think this Cavs team is more dangerous than a lot of people are giving them credit for. Um, even though I don't think people are doubting the Cavs necessarily of being a threat. But I do right. think like it, people are picking a, a shorter series. I do think LeBron can get two games. Yeah. And I think the rest of the team can get one. I agree with Marcus that I think the first game probably goes to the Cavs. And that, I mean, that's in, in Oracle. Oakland. Yeah, in that's Oakland, pretty yeah. impressive. That, that'll be impressive. I, they've only lost there, what, three times? Do you know what the line is for that game tomorrow, I, by the way? I think I saw four and a half. Okay. 
We, I mean, we can see if we can look it up in the next 30 sure. seconds. But, uh, yeah, I thought I saw four and a half. But, um, for the Warriors? For the Warriors, yeah. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think the Cavs, I think they could steal game one. Well, the good sure. news is that game is on ESPN 700 tomorrow night at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. So we'll be listening to it or watching it on our TVs. As always, that's another Salt City Hoop show. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or saltcityhoops.com. Thanks again, ESPN 700.